Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20 in just a moment. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. This morning, our attention was focused on what the New Testament affirms about the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven, where he was seated at the right hand of God. I offered that to us as essential biblical history, having to do with our redemption and the present benefits of Jesus as our mediator at the right hand of God. That was presented from Acts chapter 1 and other passages that identify the significance of that historical truth. Now, during the 40 days after Jesus' resurrection and before his ascension to heaven, there came a time when he spoke to his disciples the words found in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's the approach I would like to take to this passage tonight. Suppose you're sitting down with someone to study the Bible. They know who Jesus is. They are familiar with what he did and that he was raised and that he was ascended to the right hand of God. But this person you're studying with is uncertain about what to do with all that truth. Perhaps they are confused by denominational division and you want to help them, but you'd like to have one passage, one place where you can start, one place where you can show them about the needed response to Christ. I believe this passage is well suited to that purpose. And I want us to consider it tonight. And we will see here six fundamentals in one place. Six fundamentals in one place. I'm doing this obviously for our refreshing of our knowledge, but I want to stress how we can use this passage in teaching others. First of all, obedience is illustrated. It says the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Now, here's something very easy to grasp. The disciples followed the directions Jesus gave. It is easy to talk about belief in Jesus Christ, loving Jesus Christ, and telling people they need Jesus Christ. Here is something so simple, yet overlooked in the religious world every day. 
doing what Jesus said. Following directions. The disciples here illustrate that. They did what Jesus told them to do. Now, people today understand following traffic directions and doctor's orders and maps and instructions and rules. When it comes to Jesus, it is sometimes about faith by itself, without works. Trust claimed, but without obedience. Love without keeping his commandments. So, you're talking to someone, you can start right here in Matthew 28, 16 and talk to people about the very simple matter of following Jesus' directions. Worship is illustrated here. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Again, we're not into complicated theology. We're not talking about something requiring original language scholarship or anything like that. They were witnessing the resurrected Christ before he ascended into heaven. Now what would you do in that circumstance? I would prostrate myself before him even if in the presence of doubters. Nothing would keep us from it if we really believed the truth about who he was and what he did and his resurrection. Nothing would keep us from worshiping him. He was standing there with them raised from the dead. When they saw him, they worshiped him. People we talk to, people we want to teach and study with, certainly need to come to terms with this worship response to deity. We observe from Scripture this morning, he was raised and then he was exalted to the right hand of God. Not just another teacher or leader, the only begotten Son of God. The response ought to be to obey him and follow his orders and put yourself under him and worship him. Not some sort of manufactured ritual that men come up with, but from the heart, worship that is combined with obedience to him. Now, notice this comes at the end of Matthew's gospel. After the historical narrative, after the repeated documentation of fulfilled prophecy, after the parables, the miracles, and now after the resurrection, Matthew speaks what Jesus said, and it conveys to us two fundamental things, obedience and worship. We need to show this to our friends who are not yet obedient to the gospel. Authority is declared. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Authority is not a thing, subject, or debate that is an isolated topic. It is what God gave to Jesus. When we talk about authority, we're talking about what God gave to Jesus that we respond to. Now, just pause there. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. If I need Jesus and people I speak to need Jesus, 
If I'm studying the Bible with someone who is not a Christian, there's no way around this truth. God gave all authority to Jesus Christ. I cannot serve Jesus Christ. I cannot be his disciple. I cannot be saved from sin and go to heaven if I ignore what God gave to Jesus Christ. All authority. Now what does that mean? Authority is the right to command. It is power, qualification, the right to tell people what they should be thinking, saying, and doing. It's what God gave to Jesus, so he now has the right to tell us what we should think and say and do. Now, how does that work? Well, you open the book that he gave. You read the New Testament and let what you read become so digested and embedded in you, you live under the authority of Jesus Christ. I've mentioned this before, you may remember. Every figure of speech used in the New Testament puts us under the authority of Jesus Christ. Every single image, figure, statement puts us under the authority of Jesus Christ. So it works like this. He is the king, we are his subjects. He is the head, we are the members of the body. He is the captain, we are soldiers in the army. He has the right of rule, of authority, of power to direct us. First, I apply that truth to myself. Then I can use this passage to instruct friends and family and co-workers that Jesus has all authority. Discipleship. He said, make disciples. Basic to this word disciple is learning. Basic to the word disciple is learning. Learning, when acted upon, produces discipline before God. Discipline, disciple. So here, using this passage, we can talk to people about learning. Receiving instruction from God, and as that instruction is acted on, it produces discipline in your life before God. I learn who Jesus is, what he did, what he said, where he is at the right hand of God, as we observed this morning. And this is all critical to getting out of sin and living right and going to heaven and having discipline in our lives. Jesus sent the apostles out to make disciples. A disciple is a learner who takes what is learned and acts on it, and the result is discipline before God. Discipleship is more than going to a building. Discipleship is more than reading a book. Discipleship is more than serving others. It is more than avoiding the dramatic crimes and sins of our time. It is all of that. 
But it's from the heart that is tender toward God, devoted to Christ, and willing to grow so that there's discipline in your life before God. Discipleship is not forced or coerced or artificial. It is the outward expression of all you believe with all your heart about the Lord. A disciple is a learner who takes what is learned and lives by it, and the result is discipline before God. I need to know that, and people I talk to about the Lord need to know it, and it's right here in Matthew 28. Baptism is here. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. People are brought into a life of discipleship through baptism, the Bible says. Jesus says, there is a certain way to respond to me. He says that over and over. There is a certain way to respond to me and what I offer. If there was nothing else in the Bible about baptism, this would be sufficient for us to want to be immersed, to see it as essential. There is much more before this passage and after this passage, but if this were the only thing the Lord had ever said about baptism, it would make it essential for us. It leads us into this life of discipleship where we learn and act on what we learn. And as a result, we have discipline before God. Now, wrapped up in all of this is teaching. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. In our modern culture, even the modern religious or church culture, it might be called, just use this phrase and see what the reaction is. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Just use that phrase and see what reaction you get. Authority and learning and teaching and keeping commandments isn't highly valued in our culture. People today operate more on emotion than objective learning and authority that drives obedience. When we use this passage, when we use this passage to teach people, at this point, we can emphasize obedience after baptism that requires continual learning. Keeping yourself under the authority of Christ in all that you do from baptism on. Worshiping in spirit and in truth. Taking the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week because it's instructed. Being a part of a sound local church. Acting as directed by God in your family and at work and in your neighborhood. Applying the teachings of the New Testament in real life. Day by day. In attitude and action and reaction. Observing what Christ has commanded. Isn't this a good place to set up camp with someone who believes in Christ, but they've not obeyed the gospel, 
They're not a part of the Lord's church. How simple does this sound? Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I think it is good to refresh our knowledge and convictions from this text. But let us not just see what we can learn and what we can apply. Let us see how we can use this truth when we have opportunity to teach others. But know this, there is no assurance. Even if you teach from this text and other passages, and you do it well, and you illustrate what you teach by the influence of your life, there is no assurance, no guarantee, that the person you're studying with will get up and be baptized and become a fully engaged disciple. That's what we aim for, but it may not happen. In fact, look back at this text quickly one more time. Verse 17 says, Some responded to Jesus with appropriate worship, while others doubted. See, what God expects of us is effort. Once the truth has been presented, it is up to the student, the listener, to respond according to their own heart. So we can use this passage and we can present it as God expects us to apply effort to spread the gospel, but knowing there is no guarantee. This is where the Bible says God gives the increase. As a starting place, I think this passage can be effective. And then you encourage daily Bible reading to surround this passage with context. So here's what I want us to do in the last minute. Think of someone you know. And they know who Jesus Christ is. And they practice some religious form, though it is a form manufactured by men. And you want to lead them to the truth of full commitment to Christ. See, if you can interest them in a passage like this that highlights what is essential in responding to to Jesus Christ. Should there be anyone here who needs to respond, we invite that response as we stand together to sing.